the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work. Empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, I'm Rhonda Taylor, and I'm your host for the Talent Experience today. And today we have such an interesting individual from across the pond. We have Mr. Bill Borman, who is no stranger to the HR community globally. Bill is specializes in the recruiting space, but he is most well known in being a, an advisor to large or, to startup organization, organizations and large organizations such as Volk, Horsefly, Convey ID, and Rollpoint, who is no stranger to the HR space. He also works with the VC community in helping startups, and he's uh, actually launched a new national health program in the UK in regards to hiring of nurses. So, Bill, did I cover everything? Um, is there anything yeah, else you want to say? Pretty, pretty much, it's 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 Rollpoint. It, Roll we sold to Jobvite, so it's now um, Real Links that I work with on the referrals. But yeah, that's that that that's on the money. You'll remember me from from the Rollpoint days. Oh, exactly, exactly. So, Bill, what what's really interesting right now is what's happening in the talent acquisition space and how it's marrying into the learning development space and how, how that's rolling into the career pathing space. And I guess the one question, you know, in the past, TA was never part of HR. Is TA now part of the HR function? Well, I'd, I, personally, I'd say TA has always been part of HR, just never identified with HR. So we, we've had a like um, lifelong argument, as long as I can remember, in the in the recruiting space of who should recruiting report to, who should TA report to, should it be marketing, should it be it should it be anyone but HR? And I think the re, the reality is um, that that's over, you know. Um, to, uh, that's had a number of effects one of them is you very rarely probably in my 40-year career I've seen f five people go from talent acquisition to the senior CHRO board level seat so I, I think we're now in a position where um, TA talent acquisition is firmly in the HR space there's a whole bunch of reasons for that that we're going to talk about a little bit during the show but now more than ever um, talent acquisition is an HR function, um, a very functional and active part of HR, and well beyond where maybe we've been sat in the past, which has been in purely supply chain. It's been purely getting enough people into enough jobs, and I, I think the roles become much broader. Um, I got I, I got much more firmly embedded in in HR th thinking. Yeah, and and it's all evolving. Um, you know, traditionally, uh, talent acquisition it, it was considered um, external recruiting, but now we're seeing the evolution of in internal recruiting. And how is that affecting the talent acquisition world? Well, I think it's this move from being purely supply chain, right? So. Um, we've been very focused within TA on supply chain, which is getting enough candidates in the pipeline, um, very heavily focused on attraction, 
um, very much a rinse and repeat as in you get new roles come up, you attract new people into those roles, you might go through um, routes like job posting or whatever you do, you kind of start that process again every time a new role comes up. And I think we, and I think TA leaders have done that very well. Like, you know, they, they, they've really weathered supply chain changing numbers. But whereas where we're at now is we're seeing certain, certain things which are quite clear. One is the actual teams have shrunk. Um, so talent acquisition teams have shrunk um, as we went into COVID and lockdowns. And we're not getting an indication that those team sizes are going to grow, but we're seeing hiring at record levels. So, um, and we're also seeing the battle for, for candidate shortages. You've got lots of other things which have become, which have moved over into being a talent acquisition responsibility. So evolving from what was essentially a supply chain function of getting enough people in the top of the funnel to make sure there was enough successful people at the bottom of the funnel when they got hired. What we're now seeing is is broader. Now, that started with bringing onboarding into talent acquisition probably about four or five years ago where um, talent acquisition leaders had to, had to bring on onboarding. We lengthened what we would consider the time to hire to include onboarding. Onboarding began with the logistical bit. Are we getting enough contracts out? Are people actually starting? To the, to the relationship bit of, okay, what happens when someone joins the organisation? What's the, the process? We've talked about it a lot being like the first 100 days. How do you make sure someone, how do you get someone from zero to productive who's a new hire? And more of that came into talent acquisition, which is what's historically been probably HR thinking um, and or, or other parts of the HR team. The next important thing I I think that became apparent and has evolved in a lot of organisations is, is a realisation that actually um, the biggest part of employer brand, when we look at the attraction aspect of employer brand, what makes people join organisations, the biggest attraction is the learning, the learning and career development opportunity, right? So whether it's focused on jobs rather than careers, which is where I think candidates are at now, but looking at jobs and saying, right, okay, what am I going to learn in, in this organisation? So what's attracted people to organisations is who am I going to learn from? Who am I going to work with? What's the work going to be like? Which then means the learning content becomes super interesting to people from an attraction perspective. And so that was the next trend was we unlocked, you know, we go into, I'd go into organisations initially and they'd say, well, who were looking to move towards, certainly the brand advocacy attraction of saying, right, uh, but then saying, well, actually, the, uh, and a lot of what we saw was really employer bland rather than employer brand. There was lots of people producing lots of stuff about a day in the life of, um, day in the life of hashtags, videos, whatever it might be, and, and all look pretty much the same. But one of the candidates, when we looked at the data as to what do people respond to, it was and what kept people connected, whether they were looking for a job or not with an organization who were in the right target group. It was the learning content where can I go and learn? As people's careers with organizations have shortened, they've sought more of their learning content externally and personal learning for personal development, right? So, what, 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 we've, what we've seen is that the learning content became attractive for connecting the right kind of target audience with an organization. So we started unlocking more of 
going into learning teams and saying, what's not proprietary? What can we share with the world? What showcases us? How do we attract that, tie that into attraction and employ a brand to, to showcase what it's like to work here? So that then brought the learning teams working closer together with talent acquisition leaders in the right kind of organizations initially for contact and attraction and then the next thing that happened was internal mobility is shifting into a responsibility of talent acquisition which is kind of the right place for it because if the ta leaders are the best people at identifying talent they should be the best people at identifying internal talent in terms of who should be moving now probably where we're at at the moment in that and in the internal mobility space is it's still within talent acquisition quite transactional it's still quite um a case of looking at the internal talent doing things like creating more visibility of opportunity um internal matching and sourcing in terms of reaching out to people i think breaking down the real barrier to internal mobility which is generally politics in an organization the structure of who can talk to who and who can move who most people in organizations kind of go yeah we totally behind internal mobility just not my people so i think we've seen a breakdown of that there's been more of an an acceptance that if we want to retain talent we need to move people around they're going to naturally want to move on from a role between 18 months and two years that's a natural thing that's going to happen and and if we stand in the way of that happening in an organization they're going to make those moves anyway they're just going to make it in another organization so coming at it from a retention point of view and also a real talent and skills shortage in the market globally wherever you look meant we began to look much closer at where's our internal talent and what skills have we got and how can we move people about when that went into talent acquisition initially it was short-term internal mobility over matching and placement of internal talent rather than career development and where we've now gone to is an understanding that actually now we're getting the hang of internal mobility people we've broken down the politics of moving people around organizations we're looking even a lot closer at career pathing how do we get people interested in op in where they might go to see a future and a vi vision a future in within the organization and one of the things they how can that be led by the individual rather than led by the organization because career paths historically have been organizational led you've gone in for your performance review your personal development plan whatever you wanted to call it and very much what was provided to you from a training and development perspective was the direction the company wanted you to go in so it was it was very much a straight path of well you want to go into um we, we want you to become a manager we want and that's why we got a lot of people in leadership roles who really weren't suited to them they didn't have the skill set but they were great performers as as operators they performed very well um so i think what we've realized and learned over time is actually we need to open up career path opportunity for people to choose their own direction which might be vertical it might be lateral they may go in any direction so opening up more of those career paths and putting opportunities for for people to start thinking 12 18 months now what that means is you bring in once you then start bringing in performance management 
um, learning and development, career development and learning, you bring L&D and talent acquisition together. And, and I've been working with one or two organisations where we've actually made that a single function. And I believe that's the future, both from an attractive attraction point of view, content point of view, but also bringing in internal mobility and career pathing um, and, and, and making that possible means L&D and talent acquisition becomes a single function working in the same direction in, in favour of the organisation. So that's kind of where my thinking is, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm driving for at the moment. That's interesting. Um, and when they to merge these two roles, because what you're saying is, is so, uh, it, it's very, you know, logical. Um, what was the name? Because that's sort of like we're, we're witnessing a lot of new HR names surfacing in the HR community, like, you know, remote director, um, you know, to anything regarding um, the COVID, COVID coordinator. Um, yeah. what, what did your, your, your clients call this new position? Well, we've called it all kinds of things. Usually it's coming under a people title, which is essentially what it is. It's people in an organisation, whether that's people outside the organisation or people inside. Um, so I think once you bring together L&D, and talent acquisition potentially you're going to lose the traditional talent acquisition titles within that um but really that's semantics it doesn't it, it's less about what we call it and more about the vision of where we're going it's a real function you know it's real functions that bring together L&D and talent acquisition working as a single function with a shared objective and the shared objective is the headcount in the organization what, what what does the business need in terms of people and some of that is going to be future that's where you might bring in your workforce planning and your development some of that is increasingly in organizations project-based who's got the skills and how do we bring in one of the things we can take from lnd and internal mobility is two key things you get i think out of the data once you start getting getting focused on what you're doing here one is if people are free to develop around whatever content and um, initiatives that they want to choose, you have a very clear indication of where their interests lie in terms of their future career, because you can see what they're consuming, you can see what they're involved in. You can put some assessment in there. So if you're running simulations, tests, training, all of that, MOOC type stuff, all of that is generating scores, which gives us a very clear idea of a very data impression of capability and direction as to where people want to go. So um, it's a lot of things happening when we become focused on that direction. Yeah. And there's, there's so much going on in that space, uh, that space right now. And, and the number one concern of a lot of people coming out of uh, this, this COVID era is, you know, where am I going to be in another, you know, five years or where, well, not even five years, with the, um, because with the gig economy, that's that's shifting also. But people are very much uh, in charge of their careers. And internal mobility is, is opening that door. Um, now, talent acquisition is taking care of internal mobility. Um, 
do you believe that or do you do you think that's coming under a, another that's where, we're going. that's where we're going but whether we call it talent acquisition when we bring learning and development into a single function don't know and i think that's semantics one the direction of travel of organizations is considering talent as a whole and what needs what needs to happen in there and that's why you know right top of the show i've said it's a much more holistic HR thinking rather than supply chain thinking. Supply chain thinking is get enough people in enough seats. Yeah. For the start date. Um, this is a much broader vision for the function um, using more disciplines, using things like um, data and uh, people to work data, marketing people, bringing together specialists to work on a single focus, which is, how do we have the optimum people at the right skill level at the right time to deliver what the business needs? You know, and, th and that's really where I'm, that's where I believe we're driving. Uh, I think COVID's accelerated a lot of that because it's created a lot of need for digital transformation, which has jumped ahead probably five years in terms of the way some of the things we're working on would have taken us three, four, five years to get sorted. So I think we've, that COVID has accelerated that. I think um, remote working creates another opportunity, but then it also creates another challenge. How do you do your internal mobility for remote workers? Or does everyone become a gig worker and work a gig? I think what you're going to see, the biggest change in people, and we've been seeing this for probably about four years we've been tracking this trend, is I believe people are more focused on careers than ever before. They're just not focused on careers with a with a company so people are thinking much more about where are they going to get their self-development their self-learning and how are they going to make that portable between organizations organizations need to respond to that by creating that internal mobility because if you create that internal mobility if you naturally believe people are going to want to change roles about every 18 months which is what we're seeing that's what's going to happen we're going to have a little dramatic bit at the moment while we have the great resignation at the end of you know what they're calling the great resignation at the moment that will sort itself out in a period of time this is just people really tired after covid i think really tired um and, and needing needing a fresh start but that's gonna that will settle down that will settle down in probably three months time and the talent shortage is going to be solved by a total talent management approach and and we've gone from concept to really seeing it happen i'm super excited excited about it yeah and, and you know bill one of the things that i'm excited about is that the employee now is starting to take uh be in charge of their career yeah and well they always have been they just haven't always been allowed right so they've always had the choice to do what they want to do it's just that society employment future opportunities banking loans whatever it is have always looked down on staying in a job 18 months, two years. Now, society doesn't do that anymore. It's a, it's a different world, you know? And, and I think COVID's made us play catch up. It's yeah. As, um, as talent acquisition teams, we're beginning to catch up with what the people want, whereas we were like five years behind it, probably. Yeah, it's the employee's world now. It's the, it's, it's, it's the employee's world. Um, that's why... Every, all the areas like employee engagement, wellness, remote working, all this kind of stuff is the uh, EDI is the top topics right now, um, and we've got a very exciting future to play in it. Yeah, and uh, 
I actually, uh, we, we, talk, we talk in our office about the employee having the opportunity uh, of having a GPS and being able to plot where they want to go to with the career. And, and that's the future, Bill. It, it, it's self-service, right? It's self-service, self-choice, and it's determining exactly what I said in the beginning. It's the company doesn't decide where you want to go. You do. Yeah. They just provide yeah. the opportunity. Our job is to mobilize and not to manage. That's the future of the workforce. Yeah. Well, Bill, you are always so insightful. Um, I, I thank you for being our guest. But before I let you leave, I have to ask you, our favorite question that we have for our guests, and that is, Bill, you've been in this space, gosh, you know, a while, and I have seen you present in Amsterdam, Paris, New York, Vegas, and you always exude the same energy. How do you stay on top of your game, Bill? It's exciting, right? It's people. So um, I, I always work to you look at my LinkedIn profile, I have quite a simple vision, which is to make recruiting better um, for everyone. And, th and that's for companies, for, for all the stakeholders, particularly the candidates. And, and I think that's always exciting and, and it's always interesting it's all, and it's always moving. So as long as we keep challenging ourselves and, and talk, keep talking to people, keep listening, keep seeing what's going on, that's where the energy comes from, you know, and, it, and it's a real real privilege to be in the space and the position that I am. Yeah. I've had a great two-year lockdown, you know. I've spent a lot of time working with the homeless and stuff and done a lot of things because I got the privilege of time. So um, I think it it recharges the priorities. But the energy's there, you know, it, 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 because how can you not get excited about people? How can you not be excited about that? Yeah. And Bill, I, I really admire you for doing that. Um, for the listeners, Bill actually took two years during COVID um, to work with the homeless in his community, serving meals. Gosh, I don't know what else you did, Bill, but uh, I followed you on your Facebook page and I, th I, th I thank you for giving back. Hey, I, hey, it was, it, I, I took all the pleasure out of it because I've never had time to actually get active and I could for a couple of years and um I'm now taking on trustee of a few charities that work with the homeless and, and we're working on housing. So we're getting outcomes, but this is what years and years of recruiting trains you for. Right, right. Ready well, for the, so, you know, it's been great. Yes. Well, this is Rhonda Taylor with the Talent Experience, wanting to thank Bill Borman for being my guest today. My thank pleasure. you all for listening. Bill, final word? No, thank you. Just keep safe. Will do. We're nearly through this one. We'll be ready for the next challenge and um, enjoy it. Take care, all. Bye Thank now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent Experience Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag TalentExperiencePodcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The Talent Experience Podcast was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel50.